Welcome to the Mid-July 2007 CBP Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Joe Ferrantelli. Uh, just a quick reminder that the CBP Annual will be coming up August 17th through 19th in Park City, Utah. This three-day event is filling up quick, so you must make your reservations right now for your flights and also for your seminar attendance by calling 800-346-5146 or registering online at idealspine.com. On another note, I'd like to inform all of you that our email servers have been updated. So if you haven't been uh, receiving our emails uh, and you'd like to do so, just subscribe by going to the homepage at idealspine.com. And in the middle of the webpage, there is a link to subscribe. If you currently receive our emails and you know some colleagues that would like to join us, just simply forward that email to them and they'll have a link there at the bottom that they can go ahead and join if they decide to do so. On to some exciting news. We're going to be having in a separate podcast besides Dr. Uh, Don and Deed Harrison. Uh, Dr. Joe Bowles, who is now the new CBP Fellows President, is going to be delivering podcasts with a practice of chiropractic and the business aspects of practicing chiropractic, uh, specifically CBP technique and how to uh, uh, obtain all your goals as a chiropractor, both um, clinically and financially. So look to those in the near future. Without further ado... Dr. Don Harrison. Hello, doctors. This is your mid July two thousand seven. Podcast. Actually, uh, Joe tells me it's podcast. He doesn't like the way I pronounce that, but whatever. Anyway, this uh, time I'd like to talk about how our AJCC looks great in color, and you should be getting it shortly, in the, all of you in, within the next two weeks. It went out, um, let's see, I think it went out July 16th, so it's hitting the mailboxes now. And then I'd like to talk about a new project that did in our doing it's a update of the table we put in December of 2005 in the General Canadian Chiropractic Association and there we put uh, low back pain RCTs down and then we try to figure out what the average improvement in those RCTs are because uh, the dark side is claiming that everybody should be better in neck pain and back pain in 68 visits well the data doesn't support that and we're going to prove it so that's my introduction, and Joe has some stuff coming on, and I'll be back in a few minutes to give you a, an update on, on those two topics. Obtain all CPP research from 1993 through 2007 by browsing to our web store at idealspine.biz. This tax-deductible donation will supply you with a CBP research CD with a compilation of all PDF articles. You may use these articles to educate your local medical doctors and also validate your care. For more information, browse to our web store, www.idealspine.biz. The 
July issue of AJCC, saying I decided to go to full color. It uh, entailed a lot of different work, including getting some new printers and new mailers and handlers out of the state of Wisconsin, and uh, that happened with the help of Scott Hume, so we appreciate the help, Scott. Uh, anyway, it looks great. I mean, color just makes such a big difference. So I'm, I'm hoping to attract some new advertisers with the wonderful new look of it. We shortened it up lengthwise, and then we changed the logo a little bit in terms of color. I hope you all like it. But my main topic this time, which I'm going to spend quite a bit of time on, <coughs> is this conspiracy theory, I call it, for six to eight visits is the only thing needed in chiropractic care for neck pain, back pain, and now headaches. And there's several people pushing this. Just offhand, I remember that Triano made a talk last um, spring to the Arizona Chiropractic Association. And in there he claimed that all you'd get is six to eight visits, and the data proves that. And then Mitch Hawes from Western States at the recent World Federation of Chiropractic meeting in Portugal, he claimed the same thing for low back pain. And then Halderman, Scott Halderman, at the same World Federation of Chiropractic conference meeting there in Portugal, said the same thing for neck pain and headaches. And I hope I didn't uh, mess that up, but I, I believe that's correct. But anyway, they they all three mentioned six to eight visits. And then, uh, you know, the Joe Betts last year tricked, tracked down CCGPP, the new guidelines with Trano as a head, and their association with Work Loss Data Institute, WLDI we call them. And we uh, found out that... CCGPP had a contract with Work Loss Data Institute where CCGPP got 20% of all the guidelines sold because you, you must realize by now that Work Loss Data Institute sells guidelines to different insurance companies and workers' comp organizations of different states. And in there they had six visits for chiropractic care. And then if, if you've been getting attacked by SHN or ACN lately, you know that they might have 12 visits in their uh, contract, but the patient usually only gets six. And then all insurance companies that are being associated with the ASHN and ACN are, are using the same 12-visit coverage, but you never get it. You get six. You get cut off at six. So <clears throat> I was tracking down where this might come from. And I got the idea in 2005, and I put it in our Journal of the Canadian Chiropractic Association article in, that came out in December of 2005. And by the way, Journal of Canadian Chiropractic Association is now on PubMed Central. So when you do a pub, PubMed search, those uh, articles come up, and so congratulations to them. Anyway, uh, that article on JCCA had a table that we made up that had a bunch of neck and low back pain RCTs, randomized con clinical trials, and in there we would put um, like the number of visits, frequency and duration, I'd read the articles and I'd add up the total visits, and then i put in there if they reported incoming, outcoming pain, and by the way, usually only about half of them do. <clears throat> in that article, I, had, I think it was about... 25 RCTs. I can't remember exactly. It's been a couple of years now. 
But I decided to update that table of D's request for the new lumbar book. Uh, the new lumbar book is really looking great. It'll be about 400 pages. I don't know exactly what price to put on it because the printing is going to be pretty high. But um, it's looking great. And this, in Chapter 1, Deed wanted to dispel the idea that, you know, rehab is not going to take six to eight visits. It's going to take a lot more than that, a lot more than that. And so since it's a low back pain book or a low back book, he wanted me to update this table. So I did some more med lines and CINAHL, Mantis, and PubMed. And now I've got 72 RCTs on low back pain. And so far I've read 59 of them. i got 12 more to read before I finish this table. Excuse me, 60 of them out of 72. So i got 12 more to read. And it's interesting that these 60 papers have an average visit of around 9. <clears throat> so first of all, I don't know where they get this 6 to 8 visits because if you average every single RCT, even the ones that don't report pain incoming and outcoming, they, they average about nine visits. <clears throat> now, you have to um, sit down for a minute and contemplate how this occurs. Because if you don't know anything about research, um, you might be thinking that the patient went out to MMI, maximum medical improvement. And that's quite the contrary. What these researchers do is they will set up a research design, they call it, where they're going to cut off the visits at one, some, believe it or not, some check the patient before and after one visit. And then, you know, there's four or ten, some people do twenty. So whatever their research design is, they stop right then and they're going to reevaluate the patient. This has nothing to do with clinical practice. That's what you got to get through your head. These RCTs do not have anything to do with clinical practice. Clinical practice, the patient comes in, they put your, in your hands, they put their health, and you're supposed to do something to get them totally out of pain. They want to be symptom-free. They want to be have perfect activities of daily living. They don't want to have any health situations that, that are compromised. And so when, when you do a, uh, a design a clinical control trial where you cut off at, let's say, 9 or 10 visits, that's just absolutely arbitrary. It doesn't have anything to do with reality. So then I decided what I'd do is I would take all the papers that had an Incoming pain and outcoming pain. If it was a VAS, you know, that's 0 to 100, then I would divide by 10 because NRS, numerical rating scale, is 0 to 10. So then I, I would rate everything at, uh, from 0 to 10. For instance, if you had a VAS of 26, that would be a 2.6 NRS. So once, once I had this idea down, then I made a, some uh, tables. So let me just read you couple of them that uh, maybe will make you mad, maybe not. Here's one that Bronford did in 1996. You know, Bronford is... Um the lead author on that Journal of Chiropractic and Osteopathy article where it slammed all of chiropractic last year and a lot of chiropractors get pretty upset about it. But anyway, here's Bronford et al. 1996. Their number of visits where they cut the person off was 10 and they had an incoming pain on an NRS scale of 5.4. You know, 0 is a perfect and 10 is bedridden. Then the outcoming was 3.7. So, So you see they they only got an improvement of 1.7 out of 5.4. You know, that's, that's less than a third. 
So, you know, what does that mean? You need 30 visits? You know, you're starting to get my idea, right? So, <clears throat> if you look uh, through all these RCTs, you'll, you'll start to find a, a lot of well-known chiropractors. For instance, here's Cheryl, one of Cheryl Hawk et al. from 2006. And they did between 8 and 12 visits. They were studying best technique with SMT. And they, she didn't even report the incoming outcome VAS, so I couldn't even give a number to it. Here's the um, UCLA study by Hurwitz et al. from 2002. And uh, they did two different SMT groups. They had the 169 that just got SMT, you know, spinal myopathy therapy. And then they had 171 people who got SMT with some PT. And then their average visits get this man, 3.2 for the first group and 3.7. So the group that just got SMT, they started out with a 4.5 NRS and they ended up with a 2.5 NRS. So that's an improvement of 2.0 out of 4.5. So you see again that it's only about 44% improvement. Here's one by Triano et al., 1995. They stopped at 12 visits, and the incoming pain was 3.8 NRS, and the outgoing after the treatment was 1.3. So in that case, they got 2.5 out of 3.8. So they got about you know, roughly two-thirds improvement in pain. So I think you're starting to get the idea that these people are arbitrarily stopping these randomized uh, clinical trials at a certain visit number, and then they're doing a post-check. Now, when I started looking through this list of 72, I, I came up with a lot of well-known people in chiropractic who should know better than to say six to eight visits because they're the lead authors on these studies. Here's another one by Herzog. Uh, you should know that Herzog, a uh, very prevalent uh, publisher in JMPT, he's from Canada. They stopped at 10 visits, and they had uh, incoming pain of 3.2 and an outgoing pain of 1.4, excuse me, 1.8. So they had a 1.4 over 3.2 uh, improvement. And so you can see that's, that's about a, a third. Excuse me, a little bit more than a third. But I, I think you're entirely getting, <coughs> excuse me, getting the idea. So, what I decided to do is, I'm putting all this in a huge table. I got the authors, the first author's name, in the left-hand column, and the year. And then, of course, I reference them. I put them pretty much in alphabetical order. Then I put type of low back pain that's being studied acute, subacute, and chronic. And boy, there's a lot of definitions for those three, so I define acute as less than four weeks of pain. Subacute was four weeks to 12 weeks of pain, and chronic was greater than 12 weeks of pain. And then my third column was number of treated subjects. Then my fourth column was what the treatment was, because I found out that a lot of these studies that are done by MDs and PTs and DOs they're using um, things with SMT that 
If you didn't read the methods, you wouldn't know. The title doesn't describe that. So, for instance, a lot of times when I'm reading the paper, they got SMT with steroid injections, or they had SMT with exercises, or they had SMT with uh, PT mobilization, you know, how they graded 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 5 is the what we'd call the, the audible pop, and, the, and that would be SMT to us, but to them, grades 1, 2, 3, 4 would be mobilization, and they're throwing this in with an SMT study. Here's SMT with codeine, SMT with mobilization again. So I think you're starting to get the idea that uh, hardly ever is just SMT done totally by itself. So then <coughs> my... Next column was the number of visits, so I'd read the paper carefully and, and try to figure out exactly what the treatment was. And man, sometimes you really got to search, and other times they don't even provide it. So, as I'm looking through, I'm, I might find stuff like there's eight to twelve visits done, and it was left up to the therapist to decide what treatment to give. And jeez, you know. So then you search graphs and tables to try to find out the number of treatments or visits that were given. So eventually, by searching all this, I would get uh, a number of visits for each study. And then once in a while, I just have to put down not reported. And then for the pain scores, like I told you, I was doing VAS divided by 10 equals the NRS, and I was putting down the previews in the post. And then for my uh, last column, I was putting was the treatment by DC, MD, D, or PT. Because I wanted to see just how many of these studies a DC uh, was doing the adjustment. So out of 60 so far, I have 1, 2, 3, 4... Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Sixteen out of sixty were done by DCs. So then you wonder, how good are these people at doing spinal manipulation anyway? And that's not exactly what we'd call an adjustment anyhow. A lot of times I'm reading these methods and they're doing something called MATE, M-A-I-T, land, MATE land. And uh, some book over in Europe that a guy wrote on spinal manipulation, and what they do is they give a lumbar roll on the pain-free side if they're doing a lumbar little back uh, case. So, you know, it's not exactly what us chiropractors would do anyway, so you get suspicious about how the outcomes are coming here anyway. But finally, <coughs> when I added up all the visits, I got a, about a little less than nine. So then I started looking at my data and I said, you know, a lot of these papers don't report the pain like in VAS or, or NRS because they might give us westry where the pain's inside there but you can't ferret it out. Or they might have rolling and mores. Anyway, SF36, well, I'm not able to get a pain score out of there so I have to put not reported. So a lot of them had not reported, so I'm looking down there and think, well, if I'm going to do kind of an estimate from this data of what kind of visit schedule might be expected to get a person totally symptom-free from these studies, I decided to take only those studies that reported the visits and the pre- and post-pain scale. And boy, what a surprise I got. When I did that, I got, uh, I'll just say, say nine, but it was nine something. I got an average of nine visits, 
and an average of 43% improved. So here's what I did then. <clears throat> I said, okay, let's now estimate how many visits it would take by taking 9 visits times 100% divided by 43%. And lo and behold, I'll just do it again on my calculator because I'm getting old and I don't want to mislead you. 900 divided by 43 equals 20.9. So these studies support 21 visits. Now, <clears throat> I started getting pretty irritated. So I started thinking, where does this 6 to 8 come from? First of all, it doesn't even come from the table if you never do what I did. If you just average the visits in all these studies, some have up to 20 and some have 1, and you get about 9. So that's a lot more than 6 to 8 in the first place. And then when I figure out how much they improved, because you stop arbitrarily the the treatment protocol and the research design, you, you get an estimate for 21 visits to get rid of low back pain. Now, I lumped in everything. I mean, I didn't separate chronic and acute and subacute out. I just lumped them all in there. But when I started thinking about 68, 68, where does this come from? And then it hits you. It has nothing to do with this data. They lie and say it comes from this data, but it's what their employers have asked them to support. And when I say employers, I mean they are IMEs for different insurance companies and managed care organizations. The people who are saying that RCTs on neck pain and low back pain support 68 visits only are lying. They don't. So, Dean is swamped writing this lumbar book, trying to get it done by the end. And by the way, it's looking pretty good, like we will have it done. So, Joe Betts has been helping me get this table together. So, Dean and I and Joe Betts are going to publish a paper in JMPT. And I, I already have my title for it. And you can imagine what it says. Data from low back pain randomized cl control, clinical control trials with SMT as the treatment do not support the restriction to six to eight visits for chiropractic care. Now, I'm sure that the reviewers of JMPT are going to hate that. So, who knows if I'm going to get it published. But I'm going to try JMPT first, and if I fail, I'll try some other journals. But luckily, we got Journal of Chiropractic and Osteopathy, and we got Journal of the Canadian Chiropractic Association, all of us in PubMed. So, those are three choices. And then, of course, there's always JVSR for another choice, because they, they like to publish... Um, subluxation type stuff and I like to publish also what the dark side's doing over there so I really believe that this 6 to 8 visits is like conspiracy theory we are being restricted not because that's what's needed for the patient but because that saves money for the insurance company and the managed care organizations this has got to be reversed. Now, somehow, others 
in our academic colleges, our, our faculty, some other honest researchers are going to have to step up and point out the facts besides us. Because Dean and I, were there, oh, they're always crying wolf, they're always complaining about the dark side and conspiracies and IMEs and whatever. But the facts are, all, all the practicing chiropractors out there are getting their claims cut more and more and more and more. It used to be, you know, 30, and then 20, and 15, and 12, and now 8, and then 6. I mean, how far can you go? Well, pretty soon they have no coverage. But the truth is the data doesn't show that. The data for low back pain, the estimate is an average of 21 visits to get rid of low back pain. So I'm hoping you're going to like this topic, and I hope that you like my expose on it. And I'm hoping you'll like the new lumbar book where uh, part of it's going to be in there, but I'm going to write a journal article as a review of the literature for JMPT too because it's got to get out there and hit them right between the eyes somebody's got to point out hey we know what you're doing and it's a lie and we want it to stop and we want the patient to get their proper care that they need <coughs> now um, in two weeks um, Joe Fantilla is getting married congratulations to Joe and he's going on a honeymoon, so he said that he won't be back around August 1st exactly. So our uh, next podcast will be a little after the 2nd or 3rd of August when he gets back. And then uh, the sad thing is I'm also going to be gone until the 5th, so it looks like it's going to be much delayed. And unless I can get a hold of a microphone and, and some... Uh, Audacity Files, it's called, that uh, Joe has me doing these podcasts in, because I'm going to be up in Saugus, Massachusetts, uh, August 5th, 2nd through 5th, because we're doing another ICA Best Practices Committee to read more of the papers to offset CCGPP. I think you read in the journal last time that um, we're up now to 665 papers read, rated and scanned out of 1300 so we got quite a ways to go we'll be meeting in August we'll be meeting in September and then we'll be meeting in December so hopefully in December I'm once through these 1300 papers and then we'll point out all the stuff that chiropractic care is good for not just neck pain, back pain and headaches now that leads me to one last topic Recently, Cheryl Hawk came out with a paper. She's the lead author, by the way, so that's why I just said Cheryl Hawk. There was several other people on the paper with her. And it was in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine, Volume 13, Number 5, 2007. And on the Internet, a lot of people were praising her and this and her research group for doing a midline of 191 studies. And she made up a Table 5 that was on page 495 of that paper, where she listed um, several diseases, and then she had it, that was uh, on the left-hand column, and then the other columns were like RCTs, uh, case series, case reports, 
whether they have systematic reviews, whether there was like non-randomized trials or anything like that. Some of the diseases she had, like vision problems, asthma, hypertension, multiple conditions, vertigo, dysmenorrhea, infantile colic, tyrosmedia, infertility, ADHD, chronic pelvic pain, dysfunctional nursing, nocturnal neuresis, constipation, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, seizures. Let me anyway, get the idea. And then she would see if how many papers in each type would be on that topic. So people were th- thought, oh, this is great. She is listing the research on non-musculoskeletal conditions to support us working on other things besides headache, neck pain, and back pain. And I said, no, this is not a good thing because she's ahead of that section for CCGPP where they're going to tell you what non-musculoskeletal conditions you can work on. So let me tell you what her conclusions were in this paper. Evidence from controlled studies and usual practice supports chiropractic care as providing benefits to patients with asthma, cervical genic vertigo, and infantile colic. Three things. Great. Evidence was promising for potential benefits of manual procedures for children with otitis media and elderly patients with pneumonia. So what it means is we got three topics we can take care of besides headache, neck pain, and back pain. And so, hey, Don, why is that bad? Well, because it's going to be standard of practice. Not only the insurance company is not going to pay for anything else, your state board is going to say, hey, you took care of people, a person with vision problems. That's not on the list. This CCGPP document is more detrimental than you can ever imagine. And this paper by Cheryl Hawk has 191 references, and we have all of them in our 1,300 papers in our ICA best practices and about 1,100 more, 1,109. So I thought that this was a selective literature review because the one I did got 1,300 papers. I'm very upset at it. I'm very upset at these academics from the different chiropractic colleges, the faculties, and their tie-in to the six to eight visits for very limited conditions for SMT. Very disappointed, and I have no idea exactly how to counter it, but Dean and I and the CBP team are doing our best. So <clears throat> that's just an update for you on a couple of pet peeves of Don's, and uh, I'm hoping to speak to you in about two weeks. Goodbye for now. This segment is brought to you by Posture Code Developers, the new X-ray digitizing software known as Posture Ray. For more information on Posture Ray, please browse to www.posturco.com.
you're an advertiser that would like to reach out to 67,000 chiropractors, you can by advertising in the American Journal of Clinical Chiropractic, known as the AJCC. For more information, just email us at webmaster at idealspine.com.